The Old Testament reading for this morning comes from the book of Numbers, beginning in the 21st chapter at the 4th verse. These things were written. They set out from Mount Hor along the Red Sea Road, a detour around the land of Edom. And the people became irritable and cross as they traveled. They spoke out against God and Moses. Why did you drag us out of Egypt to die in this God-forsaken country? No decent food, no water. We can't stomach this stuff any longer. So God sent poisonous snakes among the people, and they bit them, and many in Israel died. The people came to Moses and said, We sinned when we spoke out against God and you. Pray to God. Ask him to take these snakes from us. And Moses prayed for the people. God said to Moses, Make a snake and put it on a flagpole. Whoever is bitten and looks at it will live. So Moses made a snake of fiery copper and put it on top of a flagpole. And anyone bitten by a snake who then looked at the copper snake lived. And this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Would you pray with me, please? Oh God, during these days of Lent, teach us to take you as you are rather than who we want you to be. Speak to us words of truth, even when truth hurts. Show us the facts of life that keep us from your abundant life. Heal us, even when it hurts. For without you, we are nothing. Apart from you, we die. With you, there is life. So come to us, be with us, stay with us until we are saved by your grace, your healing grace. Amen. Two frogs fell into a deep cream bowl. One was an optimistic soul, but the other took the gloomy view. I shall drown, he cried, and so will you. So with a last despairing cry, he closed his eyes and said goodbye. But the other frog, with a merry grin, said, I can't get out, but I won't give in. I'll swim around till my strength is spent. For having tried, I'll be content. So bravely he swam until it would seem his struggles began to churn the cream. And on top of the butter at last he stopped. And out of the bowl he happily <coughs> hopped. What's the moral? It's easily found. If you can't get out, Keep swimming around. Charlie Brown said in a cartoon, and I quote, I have a new philosophy. I'm only going to dread one day at a time. <laughs> now we enter the story today with the people of Israel in the wilderness 
somewhere in the 40 years between leaving Egypt and entering into the Promised Land. Now these are the folks that have seen God's finest hour up to this point in history. They remembered being held as slaves in Egypt. They remembered the miracles that were performed to get them out of Egypt. All of the plagues that were visited on the Egyptians and not them. The first Passover when the angel of death took the firstborn of every home in Egypt but passed over the Hebrews and left them alive. These were the people who watched the waters of the Red Sea part and they crossed over on dry land only to see Egyptians drown behind them. These were the people who stood at the foot of Mount Sinai, saw the mountain smoking and shaking and then received God's law. They heard God promise to be their God and to make them God's people and they promised to obey God's commandments. These are the people who experienced God's care for them each and every day as God led them through the wilderness with a great cloud during the day and a pillar of fire by night. And these were the people who saw God provide for them whenever they complained, which was a lot. We're hungry, they mumbled. So God sent them manna, a mystery food, a miracle food that appeared every morning for them to gather. They got thirsty and complained. So God gave them water miraculously from a rock. They got bored with manna and complained again, so God sent them quail. And God had done all of these things, but they never showed gratitude. They only complained. And they were whiny complaints. And do you know, I'm sure you'll find this hard to believe, but they even formed a Let's Go Back to Egypt committee. And the nominating committee filled every seat in a heartbeat. So they started up the complaining again, and this time snakes appeared. And when the people start dying as a result, they say, "Uh uh-oh, we've done it now. When they go to Moses and they ask for forgiveness and they admit that they were wrong to mumble and grumble and complain so, and they ask Moses to pray for them, that God might take away the snakes. But this time, God does not give the people what they ask for. They want Moses to get God to take away the snakes, but the snakes stay. And the snakes keep on biting people. Instead, God provides a way for snake-bitten people to live. This time, deliverance does not come the way they requested it, or the way that they expected it. Now this whole affair might go way beyond our own comfort zone. Because you see, if we're honest, we really don't like to imagine that God may be dangerous or unpredictable. We don't like to imagine that God will not grant our every request just when and in the exact way that we have fashioned it. 
Because you see, we really prefer a God that we can handle. A God we can control, dare I say it. A God we can pretty much predict. We have comfortably fashioned for ourselves a God in a box that is not modeled very well for us in any scripture that I have read. So is this story telling us that we can live more fully in the face of adversity if we face these things that can kill us? Are there ways that those things that can kill us can offer us some kind of new life. I think God leaving the snakes serves as a reminder that there are things of which we should be scared. Perhaps even our own behaviors. But we generally try and ignore them. But those in the desert were forced to look at their own behaviors in order to live. Each and every time they got bit. Now most of the time, we figure out how to strike a hearty balance in our lives and just deal with whatever comes our way. But now and then, when things get really stressed, or we get whacked with some kind of major challenge, it seems as though we are wading through a nest of poisonous snakes, and they remind us of how random and dangerous and short life can be. They also remind us that there is a very unpredictable quality to our life, but that ultimately God is the source of our help and our strength. Because we just can't navigate through life's wilderness all alone. So we are surrounded by the snakes of our bad behaviors, the poison of our own words, the randomness of life and death, our own shortcomings and failures. And when we lift our eyes to God for help, God does for us what we cannot do for ourselves. God restores our life in new and in often unpredictable ways. as we prepare our hearts for Easter. Maybe we just might want to look at some poisonous snakes. Keep the faith. Amen.